0: What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning into a, a brand new episode of the Rideshare Misfit Podcast, and today is the first episode in a while. Um, as I'm sure most of you, we've we've been busy uh, hustling and bustling and figuring out how we're going to move forward with COVID-19, um, you know, still being a thing and You know, we, we don't know when things are going to return back to normal, but today's episode is nothing about that. It is about this thing that happened in California. It's called prop 22 prop 22. Sorry for singing so terribly. And I have mentioned this time and time again, especially in social media groups on Facebook regarding prop 22. Now. I said a long time ago, back when when AB5 was still being litigated and the California legislators um, were were crafting the language, um, it was it was talked about. I think probably this time last year, and you know we all said that it would be at least a year before anything could possibly happen. Well, oddly enough, I think it was just a week or two ago. You know, a a, a judge. Um was like, no, you have to you have to label your your driver's con uh employees. And a lot of drivers, some drivers I should say, were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you, Uber, fuck you. Um but I said a long time ago, and 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 I I it was more of a warning and a a prediction based off of historical evidence. And that is this. Uber knew from day one, that Uber riders outnumber Uber drivers at least 10 to one, at least 10 to one, if not if not more, but we'll stick with a safe 10 to one, which means any ballot measure that was brought up that could help riders save money and continue to have an abundance of access to affordable transportation, meant that Prop 22 was favored to pass from day one. Now drivers didn't think so, and I, don't, I have no idea why drivers didn't think Prop 22 was gonna pass. Um, you guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but you are literally crazy if you thought that people would vote to increase the cost of their own transportation. Now, I remember way back when, not not California, like Uber starting off 2010 way back when, but Uber first starting in Florida late 2014 way back then, that the reason, the premise behind Uber becoming a thing was besides the fact that Travis Kalanick and his buddies couldn't get a black cab, or a black a black car one night, um, but the the whole purpose was or the whole premise was based on taxi cab drivers and companies used to throttle the amount of drivers available online in order to drive up prices. It helped the drivers out, right? So what ended up happening was there's a whole bunch of drunk people at 2 a.m. and a whole bunch of taxi cab drivers actually left the road at the same time, leaving a whole lot of people. To either pay absorbent uh, fees to take a taxi because you know I'm the only car around, so you're either going to pay my price or you're going to walk. Or what people ended up doing was drinking and driving. They drove home, they got DUIs, they fucking killed people. All kinds of bad decisions were being made. So Uber, the premise of Uber, kind of evolved, especially when it came to Uber X, that we're going to create an abundance, an abundance of affordable transportation options for the average person. You can get a ride at the click of a button. Fast forward to 2019 and drivers thought that their best bet, that they're that the person that they should rely on the most are these unions and government bureaucrats. I said it was a mistake way back in 2019, yeah, actually it was probably even before then. Um, but in terms of AB5, I said it was a mistake to put your your—I don't want to say your future—but to to put your well-being in the hands of government bureaucrats. It's never a good idea, by the way, ever, 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 ever. ever. Um, the, and you don't ever trust anybody other than yourself when it comes to you and your needs. Period. End of story. But And a whole bunch of drivers cheered at AB5 passing. They said, "We're gonna teach Uber and Lyft." And I joked around about like back then, and I told you guys that you were dead wrong. And sure enough, oh, you know, Prop 22 can't pass. Prop 22 can't pass. And then the reality started setting in for riders when they started looking at things and they go, wow, you know, Uber's going to have to release close to 80% of their active drivers on the platform in California. That means that we're going to have 80% less access to rides. And if there's less supply, then that means we're going to have to pay more money too. Hmm. I wonder why you know, 60%, close to 60% of voters voted for uh, Prop 22, which classifies gig on-demand app workers as contractors. That supersedes AB5. Now, I want to gloat, not, not to the drivers, but to the stupid, stupid motherfuckers in the California legislators' uh, building, that that had the audacity to think that they were more powerful than the people of California. This vote, this is the way I I perceive this vote, and this is why I said it was dangerous for the legislators to do what they did. They were very short-sighted in in their in their 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 plan of attack. They got a short-term win with AB5. But Prop 22 is the piece of legislation that Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash were able to turn to the California legislator and tell them to properly shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down, and know your role. Like, why on God's green earth? And, 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 And this is what blows my mind. It's not like it's not like this couldn't be foreseen, right? It's not like Travis Kalanick back in 2015 didn't shut down an entire fucking county in Florida when you know the county regulators said that they were going to regulate uh, Uber. He didn't. Like, are you serious? He literally shut down the like the app in the county. Boom. He was like, I'm going to turn it off if you if you enact that legislation. They did. What did he do? Pew! Turned off Uber. What ended up happening over the next 45 days? There were recall threats to every single city mayor in Broward County, including all kinds of threats against the county commission. That all. The, so, what did they end up doing? They had, you know, they had to eat crow. They obviously they rescinded uh, their regulations of Uber. Um, asked Uber to come back to the table and write the the legislation themselves. So obviously they did, but, but people don't realize how much fucking power is in the private sector when you offer something so vital to somebody's life, like you, I feel like it's, it's, it's grossly underestimated. Like, like these people in, in the California legislature, which it's California, so it actually doesn't surprise me very much at all. But these people in the legislature actually thought they were going to tell Uber and Lyft how to do their thing. Like how stupid do you gotta be? It's fucking Uber. Like, like get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, like you get elected by people in your district. Congratulations. We literally have hundreds of millions of active monthly users on our platform. Like we, billions of rides are completed on our platform every single year. You think you're going to tell us what to do? Get the fuck out of here. The only thing the California legislator was, was successful in doing was getting Uber, Lyft, DoorDash and other companies to instead of spending $90 million, they spent $200 million by actually breaking the record. So prop 22 is officially the most expensive prop in the history of California. But, but really like, and that was another thing that I brought up, you know, everybody's like, Oh, you know, they're, they're throwing $90 million. They're throwing $30 million each. I said it way back then. I said, if Uber sees the light, as in the high probability that t- prop 22 will pass they will spend every dime necessary in order like there's there is no 30 million or 90 million cap they'll spend they'll spend unlimited amounts of money i actually said that they would spend upwards of 500 million dollars to make it pass if they knew that by spending that amount of money it would pass like i really don't get this 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 notion that this platform that's and that's really all it is can can somehow be controlled without any input you know uber has been very nice considering the amount of power that uber has uber has been really really nice with with governments like they give them the opportunity to help them write the legis like, so Uber says, look, we'll help you write the legislation. Like, and then, you know, if a, if a government turns around and like a city government or a county government or state government turns around and tries to say no, they go, look, we don't, I mean, they don't say it like this, but it's, it's more or less, look, we have the power in this state. You get elected, but we have the power. So there's one of two ways we can go about this. Either you take our input and you put our input into the the legislation or regulations and you'll get our blessing, or you have to deal with us and the tens of millions of active monthly users in the state voting. And that's a hell of a, like that is why you don't put faith in any of this shit. And it's why I've said for the longest time that if you or if if you are struggling in rideshare, there is so many other ways to make money in 2020. Like at one point in time, there was a valid argument because literally Uber was it. Like even Lyft was was not all not all over to like like it is now. Like at one point, Lyft was really only in major cities, whereas Uber was basically just opening up states which again genius but that's for another story but i i, I bring that up because like today there's 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 got to be 45 different you know on demand apps for you to work um there's a guy in uh northern georgia i think somewhere around the atlanta area you know he's he's he do he's like a hustler like we disagree on a whole lot of things but man i i tell you what i give that guy credit that dude that dude hustles like Amazon Flex, uh, Instacart, um, he's he's pretty much doing deliveries now. Only he doesn't really pick up people. But at one point he was doing Uber, Lyft, all that other stuff. But I, I'm going to end with this. We're going to go through the Washington Post's uh, view of you know the Prop 22 uh, thing being decided. California voters sided with Uber, denying drivers benefits by classifying them as contractors. Pretty harsh way to say it, but. Because that's not technically true, but it is the media, so you know they got they got to get their clickbait in there as best they can. Um, gig workers were pushed to the brink, and it led to a historic confrontation over the future of the business model. Uh, Californians decisively determined the future of ride-hailing and delivery apps as fifty-eight percent. Uh, Voted that drivers should be classified as independent contractors rather than employees, according to results in a statewide election Wednesday. The state ballot measure, Prop 22, will make drivers independent contractors according to California law that supersedes a new law known as AB5 intended to grant drivers full employment, including minimum wage protections, health care, and such benefits as unemployment and sick leave the gig companies defeated legislation to make drivers employees after running a record 200 million dollar campaign to deny workers employment it's funny because i've never actually been employed by uber um shares of uber and lyft surged as the stock market opened jumped at least 15 to 18 percent Thank God I own. A, I was so happy to see that. Hopefully, it stays there um, because I am in the green. But, anyways, as it became clear, the company's fears about the cost and business impacts of a potential employment model would not be realized. Both sides of the debate treated Prop 22 as an existential battle. For labor, for labor advocates, it was a precarious. It was about the precariousness of a growing economic class of workers for corporate interests it was about the viability of the gig economy business model which has yet to prove profitable despite raising billions of dollars from venture capitalists and shareholders again so one thing that people kind of need to realize about the gig economy and it, not so much about the gig economy as a whole but these companies is and and this is one thing that i that i that some drivers also miss is you know uber and lyft they're not they're not they're not even I mean yes they are ride share companies but they're not transportation companies like Uber moved on from being about transportation four years ago at least four years ago like that's old news like they truly are a digital network uh what they call a marketplace um for people that need either food or transportation to connect with people that are willing to give it, and I, I feel some empathy for drivers who come from from W two or employee type uh, employment because it it is it's a drastic change, and I, I I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna draw this out, but I, I'm I'm gonna end it with this, and it's kind of I'm gonna end it with perspective, um to hopefully help rideshare drivers out. I got into 1099 work personally before Uber and Lyft. It was actually as a as a captive insurance agent for an insurance company. So captive meaning I could only sell their insurance products. Now what the, to go along with that, I was a 1099 contractor. So if, if you're in 1099 sa- captive sales, you'll understand that companies can control pricing of products and services. They can dictate a lot of what you do um, or how you represent the company, but they do have to give you a certain level of autonomy. Um, now in, 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 in sales, as long as you're smashing your, your, uh, your, what do you call it? Your sales, numbers. You know, you could you could show up, to, you know, to late to the office one day or here and there or whenever. You know what I mean? It's like as long as you're hitting their your numbers, they really don't care. But try being a 1099 independent contractor sales agent um, not hitting your numbers and try showing up late to work. I'm just I'm just saying you don't want to do it. So a lot of the things that drivers were bringing up about Uber and Lyft, Uber's controlling the pricing, Uber's doing this, Uber's doing that, it's not much different than independent, uh, or excuse me, captive, uh, insurance sales as an independent contractor. It's not that much different at all, except for the amount of money that you're making. But I can promise you the one thing that I learned in, I, for, I, I worked for this company for 26 days without earning a single penny, 26 days. I worked my ass off and I didn't earn a penny. On day 27, I sold my first policy and I made a promise to myself that day that I would never go another week of my life without making money ever again. And I didn't. I you know at that point it was but but for me it was it was shifting the mindset. It was that's when everything clicked. So when I left that and I you know wanted to take a break from a lot of things for a little while because I had some savings, I ended up seeing either something dropped in my Gmail or like in my inbox, or they were just advertising uh, inside of Gmail. It was like, you know, make X amount of dollars an hour driving your own car. So obviously, you know, I clicked on it and, you know, they were new, they were coming to Pensacola. They hadn't even launched in Pensacola, Florida yet. But when I got into like doing Uber, I, I was never like any other driver in the driver groups. Like I was, I was so motivated and I had so many drivers tell me that like what I was doing was wrong and this and that. And my first thought process was, holy shit, like we're independent contractors. Like who the fuck do you think you are telling me I can't do something or that I'm doing something wrong? Like, I'm sorry. Are you going to pay my bills? Like you can go fuck yourself for all I care. And with that mentality, I made a lot of enemies in that city. but. I excelled at Uber. Even through every single rate cut, I always managed to adapt and and keep going. Adapt and keep moving. Adapt and keep moving. And it's it's it was the best thing that ever happened. It it afforded me a lot of opportunities and I just hope that rideshare drivers today you understand that you truly are independent. Like no you can't control pricing. But guess what? You also don't care like cover the cost directly. You don't you don't carry your own uh, commercial insurance on your vehicle. You don't pay for the permits to operate in the city. There's a lot of things you don't have to do in order to like you. Literally, uh, what was it? Fa- uh, family Guy. Family Guy. Like the Family Guy episode where like, he showed up to Uber and he, like basically just like signed something and he became an Uber driver. You can't. Like, it can't be that easy to get where you are right now and then expect that you're going to be paid top dollar for your services. Like, like, when you sign on with a company, you're at their mercy. Even if it's just a, a digital marketplace, right? Like, they control the marketplace. You have a certain type of car that only garners X amount of cents per minute or X amount of cents you know, per mile and X amount of cents per minute. You want to make more money? Go out, get, get commercial insurance, finance, get all the permits necessary to run your own for hire livery service. Pay for the marketing, pay for all these other things. And then guess what? You can charge whatever the hell you want to charge. You're the boss at that point. You, you're the owner of the company but any time you go and you work for a company, guess what's going to happen? Even if you're contracting with them, you can't charge extra money. Seriously. Like it's whatever is in the terms of the contract is is what you can charge. Like think about it like this. So people that own like a Chick-fil-A restaurant or franchise a Chick-fil-A restaurant in your city. They all change they all charge the same amount of money. Where you do see a different price for fucking everything is in the damn airport. And I tell you what, I'm not going to get into it, but I got a whole nother thought process on that, but, but recognize where Uber and Lyft fit in your revenue stream. Map out how much money you need to make and then figure out the best ways to make it. It might not just be Uber. It might not just be Uber and Lyft. You, you, know, you, know, you, might, you might have to get out. You might have to do Instacart. And you might have to do five other platforms. Guess what? Back in 2014, I had no other option than Uber. Like that was the only gig, quote unquote gig, that was around. You got to understand that the gig economy is not about feeling comfortable. It's about having the ability to make choices. The freedom to make choices. I'm not saying that you're going to make the right choice every single time, but you have the ability to make choices. And sometimes those choices cost us money. It is what it is. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful day.